1: Hello and welcome to Little Gold Men, the award season podcast from Vanity Fair and Panoply. I'm Katie Rich, the deputy editor of vanityfair.com, and I'm here with the whole crew. We got Richard Lawson, Vanity Fair's film critic. Hello. Vanity Fair's senior writer, Joanna Robinson. Hi, Katie. And Vanity Fair's digital director, Mike Hogan. Hello. We're moving fast toward award season. First on the docket this week is uh, whether or not La La Land is just this unstoppable train. Damien Chazelle won the Director's Guild Award for it on Saturday, which was an expected victory, but it does set him up to be the youngest Best Director winner ever. He is 32 yeah. years old, which makes us all ghosts, basically. <laughs> um so that's just a director's win. That's not a Best Picture win, but it does really seem to add to the sense that La La Land has just got this thing wrapped up.
2: Yeah, it was at PGA's too, you know. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, which was two weeks ago. Yeah, I guess. so I don't know. I think there's something about Chazelle's age that has me kind of like, well, maybe not. But no, I don't I don't know. I think it feels kind of ordained at this point.
0: Wait, did you say he's 32? I
1: believe so, yes.
0: So per the lovely stat link you sent us, that would tie him with the great Norman Tarog for the film Skippy from 1930 and 1931.
2: Skippy, my, your favorite film. and mine. <laughs> you know, I watch Skippy once a year just, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. just to reconnect. Is well, that
3: the, I thought that was the thing on the Microsoft Office with
2: the, that told you when you were doing something wrong?
1: Well, so Norman Tarog was, according to Wikipedia, 32 years and 260 days. Damien Chazelle turned 32 oh. on January 19th. So he's got oh. you know, half younger. a year months. plus. He's just a little bit younger. Yeah, so, I had dinner right. last
2: night with someone who went to high school with Damien Chazelle. How are they feeling these days? Not great. <laughs> feeling a little little eclipsed. And he's an accomplished guy, my friend. But yeah, Chazelle uh, is, is young. And I don't know that that has been a hindrance to people in the past. But this year, I don't know. I, I think that that movie is seemingly so beloved by the guilds and by everyone else. So
1: Yeah, it's interesting how you know, I was thinking not that everything's about Donald Trump, which we'll discuss, but you know, Trump is the oldest president to ever take office. No one talks about that because there's just so much else to talk about. Yeah. No one's talking about Damien Chazelle's age because La La Land has so many other things going for it.
3: So he would be the youngest winner.
1: Yes. So he's not the youngest nominee, actually. Then, he doesn't but, even make the top 10 of youngest But Richard,
3: nominees. before we started, was talking about some people who were insanely
2: young when they made some quite... Good movies, yeah. Orson Welles was twenty six when he was nominated that's for Citizen ridiculous. Kane. That's yeah, just, sir. I mean, I, at twenty six, I don't. I was like in a gutter. I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell <laughs> I was <laughs> doing. I was just I, on drugs. Yeah, I was time. writing for Gawker and being an asshole. <laughs>
1: well, but. I have. I had the same feeling as your friend who went to high school with Jamie Chazelle when uh, Ben Zeitlin who I went to college with, who I, right. he was two years ahead of me, but he was right. when he was nominated for Beast of Southern Wild, I definitely had a oh okay, that's that's where we <laughs> yeah. are now moment. The record holder, right, is
0: John Singleton, who was twenty four years, forty four. Days. The days are important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he, well, when he got nominated for Boys in the Hood.
1: Which is wow. really, I mean, it's so John Singleton, his career is in many ways defined by race, which I think we've talked about plenty on this show. But it is really fascinating that he gets the best director nomination at 24. And then his career really did not kind of crest in the way that a lot no. of people would have expected. You know, look at Ben Zeitlin who had this huge Oscar breakthrough. He hasn't made his follow up film yet. Not that I mean, he's doing what he wants. He's doing fine. But yeah, it does. It's not always this orson welles indication of a coronation where you just go on to massive success
2: no it's not and i think singleton you know suffered from the sort of mentality of well we already have spike lee so you know <laughs> like oh. you know it was that it's that i mean i don't agree with that thinking but i think that you're right kenneth Branagh was only 29 when he was nominated for henry v i mean yeah these people really started i don't know what the hell we're
3: doing it's, it's... <laughs> Uh, I'm actually getting up and leaving to do something more worthwhile with my life right now well so
1: all right. so the other award ceremony that happened over the weekend was the American Society of Cinematographers where La La Land did not win so there is Mm. you know one tiny uh, chink in the armor where Lion took home the award Yeah, and Lion is beautifully filmed I think we keep talking about this movie as being like why aren't more people talking about Lion
2: there seems to be an institutional love of that movie like um, I was talking with Kyle Buchanan who writes for Vulture and covers awards stuff uh, when we were at sundance and he was saying that he has been talking to academy members in la throughout the, the past couple months and that they kind of unanimously talk about three films moonlight la la Land, and lion hmm. and like everyone he's talked to has said lion there, people love that movie yeah. and so that would seem to be evidence and it got a ton of nominations so yeah um, although
1: at this point is it likely to win anything
2: i don't think so That's really crazy, yeah. But I feel like, especially now with the expanded, you know, 10 Best Picture nominees, in the past few years, there have been movies like that, like Bridge of Spies, you know, a movie that Quietly made a good deal of money, but didn't get much fanfare. It wasn't like a big fan hit, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then just got all these nominations. I feel like every year there's a, there's a movie like that, and this year it's Lion, which I'm happy. I mean, it's a good movie.
1: Yeah, or also uh, Hidden Figures, which is, if you were to give me anything that could run up and beat La La Land, I would probably give it to Hidden Figures. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, yeah. but I'm not sure the Hidden Figures is going to win anything either.
3: Interesting. If we're talking about Giselle and director, what is it about the directing accomplishment do you think that's pushing him over the top is it the music is it the locations is it the choreography the whole thing See, the crazy vision of it all yeah
1: it's a big
0: movie i'm i let you talk about this i've been talking a lot well no i was just i was going to agree with you just the ambition of the vision i think well i don't want to beat the same drum every week but i really do think when it comes to craft Barry Jenkins' work on Moonlight is much, much better. But I think La La Land is getting anointed for, oh, this guy took this big risk and did an original (laughs) musical. Forgetting that we do occasionally get original musicals. and I don't know. They're acting like... You know, we haven't had an original musical in Hollywood in forever, and, I mean, and that's not quite true. It's
1: been a while.
0: What, what's, what are you thinking
1: of as an original I'm thinking original of, well, musical? the
0: reason I'm not naming it is because I forgot the name now, so that doesn't bode well for it. <laughs> but the one that the, the Anna Kendrick, you know.
2: Oh, last five years.
1: Yeah, last five years. That's not an original musical, though. That was a Broadway show. Oh, you're right, you're right. But,
2: but there's a, a romance and cigarettes, the John out. Turturro <laughs> film.
1: Yeah, I mean, or My Beloved Sing Street, or Once, Mm -hmm. but those aren't really Hollywood productions. Like, I think the idea of staging something on an actual studio backlot, like Singing in the Rain, there definitely is, like, an originality Well, and it's
3: cool. It, It is cool what he did, and it's very, very targeted to the people who vote in Oscars, which is that he took... Two versions of L.A. and Hollywood and put them together, Mm -hmm. the kind of nostalgic one, and literally had that type of action happening on top of today's L.A. that people actually live in, and probably a lot of the people in the industry and who live in L.A., all they want is to be in that old Hollywood and they want someone to kind of reassure them that this L.A. is as magical and cool as the one that they moved there in search of, you know. But that's not just an illusion. Like, it's, it's actually executed really beautifully in the film, I mm-hmm. think. You know, he carries that out
2: technically yeah. and on screen. And I think that what that movie has kind of buffering it is... Uh, The the middle stretch of that movie, many people have said, myself included, the middle stretch, it's sort of the music stops and it becomes just this kind of more familiar relationship dramedy. But the opening with the traffic scene and then the party and then the close with the dream ballet and the audition song, those are so strong that anything that's not great about the middle kind of gets forgotten. I think in the middle, he spends too much time on Google Earth. (laughs) <laughs> or is that? Sorry, I'm, I'm confused about which uh,
0: film. Right, is
3: Ryan Gosling goes La La to find
2: his. Who's going to say "Lala La Lion" yeah. on the uh, on the red carpet this year?
0: You would. <laughs> Skidly, talented La La Line. Um, No, I, I will just be completely honest with myself and you guys, which is that if La La Land were more of an underdog, I would be stumping for it. But since it's just this anointed winner, I keep finding ways to sort of poke holes in it. And that's not fair, but that's sort of the nature of these kind of competitions.
3: Well, and I thought Rebecca Keegan did a good job of getting at that in her newsletter yesterday, which is how hard it is to just sit at the top of the pile for this long. Mm-hmm. You know, And I remember yeah. talking to Pete and right after the premiere at Toronto Which I didn't actually get to And he was like I'm telling them They should not show it to anybody For at least a month Like They, yeah. they knew what they had And they were really trying to You know Hold off They have done Quite a good job And so we'll see if
2: it Yeah If it
1: no, I, I remember alive, after yeah. it premiered at Telluride in Toronto and I you know was coming back from maternity leave and was dying to see this movie and it was like the holy grail. Like you could not get into a screening of yes. this movie because they yeah. were, even though so many people had seen it, they really were trying to like play it carefully. And which is fascinating because Lionsgate is not a studio that is, you know, you've seen in the Oscar race in this way before. They really, they had some good strategists on their side.
2: You know, one could go back to an episode from I think this spring. I am friends with a former Lionsgate publicist who told me, I don't know, in March or something that the movie was a masterpiece. And I said, well, I don't know, maybe that's just publicist spin, but they, they did know, you know, and yeah. Yeah. when I saw it at Telluride, it was the screening that they reserve for the premium pass holders and press, which is a special screening. that's not listed on the schedule. And I feel like that was a shrewd thing. Mm-hmm. They, you know, like they created a huge sense of anticipation for it. it was the first movie. Most of us saw at Telluride, you know, they really have handled it very well. And then they had, you know, this sort of platformed release in theaters and it's been a big commercial hit. You know, I think it's at $100 million now.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, so it and Hidden Figures have both passed $100 billion. Yeah. They're kind of neck and neck right around yeah. 120
2: And that's, I think, Katie, what, what, you know, that Hidden Figures poses perhaps the biggest threat to La, La Land is that those commercial hits, like a Million Dollar Baby or something or American Sniper, they have fans in the Academy who want to yes. vote for, for yeah. things that are financially viable.
3: Yeah, people want people to watch the show. And yeah. so they want them to actually know
2: what the movies are. And yeah. a lot of people know what La Land is mm-hmm. now. You know?
1: Yeah, no, mm-hmm. we had talked about it previously about how it was looking like kind of a low box office Oscar season. And it's really a relief to see movies like Hidden Figures and La La Land and Arrival we had talked about before. And Hacksaw Ridge ahead. slowly did, yeah.
2: did business. Hacksaw yeah. Ridge, I think, is yeah.
1: close to 100 million, somewhere around there.
3: But I think it helps explain Emma's kind of cautious speech at the SAGs. I think that's, you know, they've really managed this. It's been a very controlled rollout. Mm-hmm. And yeah. whereas something like Moonlight, even though Marshall Ali, we assume is going to win... They're still in underdog mode, trying to really put points on the board. And La La is is trying to not make a mistake. Don't get pushed yeah. out of field goal range. Right, right. if I may bring up recent trauma.
0: What do you guys, in all your infinite Oscar campaign knowledge, what do you think Ryan Gosling could have done to better his chances? Because we still don't feel like he
2: is... Get a personality transplant.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he's up against Casey Affleck. I mean, it's not like he's up against like, the most charming man in the world. I mean,
2: I think the biggest thing standing in Ryan Gosling's way is that he's an immigrant. <laughs> that is so
1: true by the way <laughs> that Canadian bias <laughs> I don't
3: I don't mean to say Ryan Gosling has a bad personality he's just not like Casey he's he just not no a desire.
1: campaigner he's not a yeah. schmoozer he has no desire to do the song and dance for his he song and dance he also does movie.
2: not have an Emma Stone moment in that movie no you know, like she right. has this huge yeah. thing at towards the end of the film. And he, you know, he has like his kind of more, more recessive, the city of stars kind of wandering on the pier. But Emma Stone so clearly blows it out. And when's the last time that a best actor and actress won like as good as it gets? Like it's been a long yeah. time.
3: He underplays. And I think that yeah. that's the role. And whereas Casey underplays two Unbelievably devastating accumulated emotional effect. Ryan's underplaying basically to like make Emma shine even mm-hmm. brighter. So yeah. he did his job.
0: Yeah, but Gosling is not he's not Casey Affleck when he chooses to be. Like when you see him present an award at award show, he's hilarious and so good. Or if he wants to play along with an interview bit like that hey girl meme sort of interview, famous interview, like he's so great in game. And I don't want to spoil my own work, but I, I'm working on a piece sort of about hosting Saturday Night Live and whether or not that can help your chances to win an Oscar. And like, Gosling is a great Saturday Night Live host actually. And Emma hosted and Casey hosted and I kind of think that if Ryan had hosted and done a really good job of it this fall or even this month or last... It would have helped him a little, but not not that it would have been the deciding. But you're right. If he had decided to play the game, which he decided not to do,
3: then I, I, I don't know so though. He's been
1: I, everywhere. Like
0: I don't. He, want, I want to give him credit. Played. He's
3: gone through the thing. Yeah. But yeah. So by the way, the other thing that we should bring up is our old friend James Murphy mm-hmm. and the Pitt Hanks continuum. Yep. As he put it, cool guys don't win Oscars.
1: Yeah. It's this just, was his theory for why Leo DiCaprio hadn't won uh, the year that he didn't win for Wolf of Wall Street. And it yeah. continued. And
3: for Leo to win, he had to, like, swim in a frozen stream and sleep inside of a dead b- animal's body and have a cry with icicles coming out of his nostrils. You know, this type of cool role, just guys don't win for this, usually. Yep.
0: Yeah. But he also played the game harder that year than he, like you know he did impressions on Ellen yeah. you know like he went on Graham Norton show he did a lot of like the Glad handing and I no I mean like Ryan is going to the events but in terms of like. I don't know, adorable mainstream moments. Maybe I'm overprizing those. Maybe those don't matter as much as I think they do. But like, I remember Eddie Redmay dancing on the Graham Norton like, show no one the one year he has
3: worked harder Eddie Redmay, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was really a, a textbook. Well, he saw
2: he saw a weak spot in Keaton and he exploited it and became the most likable guy on the yeah. on the circuit that Which year.
1: Which is, I yeah. mean, uh, we keep talking about how Casey Affleck feels like he's kind of ready to be knocked off his perch, and I think now we've decided that Denzel Washington probably stands the best chance. But yeah. Ryan Gosling could have been exploiting that all along.
3: Well, and I I don't know if Gosling and Clooney are pals at all, but Clooney worked... They made
1: Eyes of March together.
3: Right, and Clooney worked really hard for the Descendants and was pissed when he didn't Get it. He didn't get it, right? I'm not making an ass <laughs> of myself to yeah. not get
1: it. <laughs> he got beaten by Jean Dujardin. Um, uh,
3: yeah, so so he was really upset, and, and I think basically, from what I understand, swore he was never going to do this again. And I think for a guy like Gosling, it's just, and for a guy like Leo, you really got to feel to kind of put yourself out there and risk embarrassment and all that stuff you really got to feel like you've got a real chance and this kind of smooth cool role is not necessarily your best chance there might be yeah. another thing when Gosling goes full eastern promises where he's like all right I'm going for it
1: well that's what's interesting about his track record he got nominated for half Nelson when he was really young and, and it was, so
2: good yeah still and, some of his best work
1: yeah And that was kind of like so a big good. breakthrough performance for him and then uh, Blue Valentine famously Michelle Williams got nominated and he didn't even though it was a very classic two-hander they were both very much in this movie and and this is kind of the second time that he has been opposite a woman who he's really, like, her performance has outshone him in some way, even though he got the nomination this time.
2: Well, I mean, I'm just looking on IMDb to see what Gosling has coming up. He has Blade Runner. He has a new Terrence Malick movie. Um, but in pre-production, so who knows if it's actually going to get made, is Damien Chazelle directing a biopic about Neil Armstrong, in which Ryan Gosling plays Neil Armstrong. So there you go. There's your Oscar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 because Because in a sort of gendered way... Gosling is not the focus of Land. He's not the emotional right. kind of fulcrum yeah, exactly. of it. And men do not win acting awards for movies where a woman is bigger than them in the movie. I mean, it happens, but like it's rare, it, you know, like yeah. for a best actor, it needs to be eating a bison liver or whatever. You Leo know? didn't yeah.
1: get nominated for Titanic.
2: Yeah.
0: Whereas all the time. Women are not only nominated but awarded oh. for supporting the male performance. Oh, right? For sure. Fly
3: yeah. to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, I hope he it's sings. A
1: good gossiping impression. Uh, apparently, the news is that they're not performing at the Oscars, which is insane. Why do you even nominate those songs if you're not gonna have Emma and Ryan sing on stage? I
2: am gonna be am, singing them. <laughs> yeah, doing like, it, which no. is gonna be really great. I'm
1: really glad you oh, doing some vocal. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Are you gonna do like the full Adina Modzel where you have like millions of Swarovski crystals do you mean like, uh surrounding? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh,
2: Richard's yeah, going to jump exactly. off the roof of the Kodak <laughs> yeah, Theater. Yeah. <laughs> and I am going to make a political <laughs> statement.
1: <laughs> the scoop is that uh, Emma and Ryan won't be performing, but uh, our owner, Rebecca Keegan, talked to Justin Timberlake and Limola Miranda on Monday and found out that they will both be performing. So there will be some cute, charming things happening at the Oscars, just not from so Emma Stone and Ryan Will it be John Legend? I don't know. Who else is going to sing Emma Stone's audition song? I mean, I guess uh, Dana Mazzell, maybe? Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess like if you're nominated, Ariana Grande, like, maybe there's an argument like you're nominated, you don't want to have to focus on a performance. But yeah, I'm I'm really surprised. Or you don't want to like potentially embarrass yourself I have,
0: if you don't I guess so. do like because they're you know so much has been made about the fact that their voices aren't the strongest in the whole world. So live singing in the theater. Versus quiet singing for the
2: camera. I Episode mean,
1: did Broadway.
2: Amy Adams did Happy Working song yeah. uh, at the Oscars. Yeah, you know? she did. And, and you know she's she's she does musical theater. I think you know, Millie but... Vanilli should sing. <laughs> sorry, oh, really. <laughs> guys. I'm sorry for our younger listeners. Uh, <laughs> it was a band before you were born. Oh.
1: Yeah. Well, we've had a really pleasant twenty minutes talking about movies, but. I did feel like kind of a thematic topic for this week because it seems to happen everywhere is that uh, everything seems to be about Trump even when it's not about Trump yeah. and uh, this is a thought I had watching the Super Bowl which if you watch the Super Bowl and Twitter at the same time which I don't recommend everyone was kind of turning it into a proxy war of the 2016 election and mm-hmm. then it turned out exactly like the 2016 election which is that the big bad guy who everyone thought was going to be defeated uh, won in the end Yeah, I'm uh, actually
3: sweating and nauseous <laughs> even now no, that you're it talking it gives about you
1: PTSD it? to yeah, think horrible. about it this way
3: it was way.
2: absolutely horrible
1: yeah and then all I can wait Richard are from boston the fact that you uh, uh
2: i i have rooted for the patriots in the past as much as i root for any sports team yeah. um but yeah this year i was like uh, if atlanta doesn't win then the republic is doomed <laughs> and then they didn't win <laughs>
1: Well, I think yeah. the the nice thing for this year's Oscars is that there's not really an obvious Trump parallel in the movies itself. It's not like I was saying that yesterday to a friend that like if Michael Bay was in the Oscar race for the first time this year, like that would be the Trump parallel. But I feel like La La Land being the front runner and being the escapist movie, people are like really straining to find connections here. And I kind of just want all of us to like maybe shake our heads and agree that it's just not about Trump. That's it's awesome not reason, about Trump
2: it? except if Mel Gibson wins Best Director. Oh, Jesus which Christ. Which could happen. It
1: could. Yeah, Honestly. we didn't talk about that with our whole Damien Chazelle thing, but yeah. I mean, what's what's your argument for that?
2: Well, I just think that movie is really liked by older people, and I know that they've done some work to change the demographics of the Academy, but it, no, it's only been a year, so they, the overhaul isn't that complete. I
1: mean, Mel still got the best director nomination; he
2: got the nomination, you know, over some other people. So I don't think it's going to happen, but like it could, and if that happens, then we've got a repeat of. <laughs>
3: Although you know. I mean, even though even though Mel Gibson is associated with. <laughs>
2: Anti-Semitism mm-hmm.
3: uh, and being a crazy old drunk white guy, which is very <laughs> on brand for the Trump administration. <laughs> I do think that the film's message is not necessarily mm. Trumpian because right. it's actually yeah. about a pacifist. You're right. Yeah, help saving Americans' lives, and it's all very much about like Americans acting like Americans instead of acting like Nazis and winning World <laughs> that's War II.
1: Literally the opposite of Nazis.
3: Yeah, so yeah. um, so there's that. I doubt anyone would actually keep that in mind, but I did want to point that out. Oh, the other thing is that the people, the the liberal circular firing squad around being angry at La La Land because it's about a white jazz musician, I get how that's a little bit, but like, can we not, do this I mean, can we stop doing the liberal f- circular firing squad and just like this is a movie it's like a freaking musical about starving actors
0: yeah there's a there's a piece on the LA Times by uh, Glenn Level an op-ed that i saw sort of fired around angrily on twitter the last two days the headline is will the political climate deprive la la land of the best picture oscar yeah uh, you know yeah exactly and it's sort of about you know the conservative fear that identity politics will get hidden figures or fences or moonlight the award is a message to trump um that stories about white people will not stand and i like i i just think we all agree that that's not gonna happen that's probably that's
1: crazy
0: but it's also just a trash opinion <laughs> i mean if he figures too... <laughs> like
1: jumped up in one lala like one best picture like i'd be perfectly happy with that yeah. it, just, it doesn't seem likely but
3: what do you think... though can, can we just actually sorry and I, I don't i think that sounds like a very trash article Hidden figures. Is, I mean, is but Moonlight. Is a, if,
1: oh, if Moonlight one. That'd be incredible. That'd yeah. be like the best, best picture winner. I, in, I know. But like Ted
3: ages. Melfi. Yeah. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. that is Saint a, Vincent does not go away quickly. Perfectly amusing, very inspiring sure. movie with some great performances. But like, it's not really a, a best picture. Uh, sure.
2: I think that the surprise that it winning at the SAGs and stuff like that, I'm more reacting to, is that like we've been kind of exhaustively talking about this for months now. I would just be. It would be fun to see something. Like unexpected happen. Sure. Oh, well, I say fun. It wouldn't be fun to see Mel Gibson win. You know, like 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 there are certain <laughs> unexpected things that would be bad. I, I don't know. I think that uh I don't think that Law Alliance La win, which feels inevitable at this point, will be met with much like. Well, this is a sign of blank. I think it's just a movie no. that people really like, kind of yeah. universally like. It, and, it's
3: interesting though. If it doesn't win, then, then everyone will be, will be really well, deeply analyzing. Oh, the takes, and, the takes and will be unbelievable. If you look at this crazy year in sports where the World Series w- went to seven games, you know, the NBA went to seven games. I'm going to take your word for every, that. <laughs> somebody <laughs> yeah. tweeted it, but every single sports thing has gone down to the wire and yeah. had some crazy reversal. Mm-hmm. So if that really is in the air, which I don't believe in these things, but if that is in the air, then it suggests maybe La La Land isn't going to win, even though it's 91% likely to win just like Hillary. And, oh, my God. Uh, the, you know, See, now the, you're giving the the me the
1: Falcons. PTSD again. Yeah. Like, I can't So I can't if it So this. will it
3: be hidden figures... <laughs> Or Hacksaw Ridge, and, and, and uh,
2: or something else. Uh, well, Could there's going to be a robust confusing. write-in campaign for Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the just justine Deepwater Horizon comes in. Yeah.
0: I think I'm already exhausted in advance uh, about the hot takes on both sides. I, I think I, you're wrong. I think if La La Land wins, there will be a bunch of think pieces about what this means about Trump's America. And I think if it loses, there would be even and more Joanna, like And we're there. counting it's,
3: on it's, you to write at least three of them, <laughs> yeah, by the
1: way. I had you sign up on the Excel doc, Joanna. Oh, no. <laughs> No, I mean, I think the thing pieces come with everything. I mean, if you remember last year, we had like The Revenant versus Spotlight, and that felt like a proxy war for like big movies versus small movies or like white men versus journalism. Like there was all kinds of things that we put on it. And I think even now looking yeah. less than a year later, it's like, oh, it was just two movies. That's yeah. that's what it was. I mean, some years there is a lot of symbolism. Like I think Brookback Mountain losing Best Picture really was symbolic of something, you know, diseased within the Academy and homophobia that has hopefully since changed. But some years it's just about the Crash movies. solved
2: racism, Katie. <laughs> that's true.
1: And here we are today, the best yeah. picture winner hidden yeah.
2: figures to yeah.
0: prove that it solved racism. <laughs> and the artist, we all agree, is an enduring classic for
1: our time. Oh man. What did the artists beat? I don't even remember. The descendants, I guess. That's the I'll I've the
2: never fight. seen the artist. Yep. Really? Nope, never seen it.
1: This is off topic, but I talk, you know, the last Best Picture winner that you haven't seen. Mine is The English Patient.
2: Oh, it's so I good. just watched
3: it for this the first so time yeah? two weeks ago Did you with like my it? fiance, who has watched it about 400 times. It's wonderful. Yes. It's beautiful. It's so it's
1: good. It's really, really good. Well, what's yeah. the last Best Picture nominee you haven't seen, Mike and Joanna? Or Winner. winner yeah sorry winner yeah nominees that's a whole other I think uh,
2: mine is definitely the artist
1: had, yeah that was like four years ago how did you avoid the artist I,
2: assiduously I mean it took work <laughs> to not
3: see that movie you know what mine is the Lord of the Rings the Return of the King I just couldn't oh really midway through the second <laughs> yeah. one I was like I can't yeah. watch these movies. you didn't did. miss much
0: mine is unforgiven and I tried oh, yeah. like two years ago and I couldn't do it it's on so, Netflix I
2: believe if you want to try again I, I don't know what to tell you <laughs>
1: I tried.
3: <laughs> I also have never seen Forrest Gump. Really? What? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, because you were like in college and too cool
3: for yes, it. Oh, exactly. this
1: is your too cool face. Yeah, wow. Oh, wow. two cool faces. Yeah, isn't that how you hadn't seen Titanic either?
3: No, I saw Titanic in the theater. Oh, there, but there, there's a lot of stuff that I that I missed in those days. Oh, A Beautiful Mind. Didn't see that. Never, never oh, seen that. I, oh, I like drove... based on a Vanity Fair. Um, <laughs> is that right? Article <laughs> yeah. like as is Lion. Well, based on a uh, Vanity Fair excerpt. Yeah, that's true. But actually, little known fact: our boss, Graydon Carter did uh, tip off Hollywood to A Beautiful Mind before publication. Huh? Because he knew it would make such a good film and it ended up winning Best Picture.
2: Well, I think I owe it to my employer then to see The Beautiful Mind. Yeah, yeah, for God's sake.
0: Before Unforgiven, the next Best Picture I haven't seen is 1972's French Connection. So apparently...
1: Wow, you've seen a lot of those 80s movies that are like, I had to watch Gandhi in college and I regret every minute I spent (laughs) watching it.
0: Yeah, we watched it in high school for some reason. I don't know... Why? But anyway, apparently I've got a Gene Hackman block, so I will try to do one for *Given* *The French Connection*. *French someday. Connection*
3: is great, but it's surprisingly slow now when you see it. But I've there's never some seen it. Either. Wonderful for that reason. There's some cool stuff. There's an insane car chase that lasts for just like 20 minutes. Yeah, and it's really just two loud cars just going up like the Henry Hudson. You know, you're just like, that okay. Sounds great. <laughs> that sounds kind of it's soothing fun, but it is point. yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. soothing. <laughs>
1: Well, let's wrap up this week's episode, not doing Go Big or Go Home, because we've talked about a lot of categories. But yesterday was the nominees luncheon where all of the Year's nominees get together and have, kind of an awkward lunch and then they take a big family photo, which is
2: it's the best. It's
1: my favorite part of the entire yeah. year. So Julie Miller kind of did an elaborate piece about it yesterday at VanityFair.com to like talk about everyone you can see in it. And we just kinda of wanted to overanalyze who is there together. Julie picked out some really great ones, including the uh, power row of Matt Damon, Natalie Portman, and Emma Stone all sitting together. Joanna, what what were your favorite parts?
0: Um I wanna look up the guy's name because it's Oh, is this Kevin O'Connell? Best. Yeah, there you go. Who's what, a sound engineer? Rerecording mixer. Yeah, re-recording mixer for Hacksaw Ridge. He's standing to the left of the Oscar statue and doing one of these like, this guy thumb moves at the Oscar statue which I've never seen in the luncheon photo.
1: So yeah, he's immediately a favorite. He's also a 21-time yeah. nominee who has never won. So he is sick to death of doing this photo.
0: He's got
2: Susan Lucci beat by all <laughs> of yeah. yeah,
0: All of his fucks are gone. And he's like, I'll do whatever I want in this photo. It's
1: fine. So that was my favorite part. Just to the left of him is Pharrell in a uh, NASA sweatshirt and ripped jeans. Because Pharrell yeah. is a rock star and not, doesn't have to do anything. I've been overanalyzing this
0: NASA trend like a lot of people pointed out that, you know, since he's there for Hidden Figures, that's probably why he's wearing a NASA sweatshirt. But Chris Evans was wearing a NASA hat at the Super Bowl, probably because they're in Houston and they like went and I don't know.
1: Hang on. I can go really deep on this. Octavia Spencer was kind of smack talking Chris Evans on Twitter during the Super Bowl because he's from New England and uh, they were co-stars in Snowpiercer and uh, she's in Hidden Figures.
0: Oh, okay. Maybe he's stumping for hidden figures. I I
1: support it. NASA's having a moment. Good. Yay, science. It's in time for us to defund it, probably. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: I feel like the people who got to sit down in the front row, really, um, that's not fair. Because I'm sure that this photo took a while to sort of assemble, and they got to sit the whole time. And other people are standing on risers, uncomfortable.
1: Julie or Rebecca wrote that. I think they load it from the back to the front. Oh, that makes sense. Because they're not going to make Natalie Portman sit there forever. Yeah, they call their name
0: and then they go up, and so that's what they were. That's where they were like. Ryan Gosling looks so grumpy because he's in the back crossing his arms, and they're like he had been clapping for like an hour as each person came up.
2: <laughs> if he didn't already hate awards season,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you guys know anything about why Justin Timberlake? winds up well not just that's a bad example because he's so famous but like why are ryan goslings in the back row
1: no and i asked so rebecca keegan had been there and she's been to this luncheon many times and you know knows basically everything about the academy and i asked her what is the logic behind it she's like i know they have a process but i don't know what it is and i kind of feel like it's just to maximize delight for us to hunt for all the famous faces in Mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. and for like you know the re-recording mixer who hasn't been nominated 21 times to be standing next to steven spielberg like that's got to be fun can you imagine that? like this is like a seating chart from hell this is
0: like a wedding times a thousand like, yeah, so that's to,
1: why you make it random so no one can be like, Why don't you like me? I'm Ryan Gosling. Why am I in the back row? It's like it's random, man. Like, He's yeah. I mean, the front row I don't think is random, right? There's a lot of,
0: a lot of big very, names in that front very row. Very important
1: nominees in the front row. Yeah. I'm looking at a tiny version who is the woman in the left, right in the front in the red dress? Is that a famous person or is she just really well dressed and not famous? She looks beautiful. I don't know who she is. Man. Well...
2: We'll find out at the something-something <laughs> annual Oscars.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Well, our separate spinoff podcast that will just go through person-by-person person in this photo and uh, yeah, assign right. their feelings to each <laughs> A other. very
2: bizarre, intense spinoff. Yeah.
1: This uh, article's on vf.com. We'll link to yeah. it in the show notes for this episode. Uh, please go look at it. I think it's probably my favorite thing in award season. It's great. That does it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this, uh, I think, rambling but enjoyable catch-up. on. We've
2: it. all lost our minds. I mean, we're being <laughs> gaslit by the President of the United States. Like, just bear with us. It's
1: not about. <laughs> Trump, Richard. What sorry, did we talk sorry. about? We lost Mike, but uh, you can find Mike on Twitter, as you all well know. And the rest of us were all at Little Gold Men. We really love hearing from you all on Twitter. Please keep talking to us; it's really enjoyable. It's a little column in my tweet deck that I enjoy a lot. So yeah, find us on Twitter, recommend the show to other people, and then uh, tweet us on our own. I'm at Katie Rich, Richard Rylas, and Joanna. Joe wrote this. This episode was edited and produced by Alana Milner, and thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply.